We're podding, baby. We're podding. We're podding right We're now. We're back. Podding me. We're podding. <laughs> law of attraction. The law of attraction. You think that's a, a farce. You don't think there's a such thing as the law of attraction. I, th- I think it's a commercial bastardization of what is real. That sounded. You like that? That sounded. That's right. Uh, that's right. When you use the word bastardization, everybody's ears perk yes, up like 100%. something important just happened. Yeah. What happened is that people wanted to discover a way to market what I believe is the truth, which is that your subconscious is a little piece of God. It's what you're made of. And when you're functioning at a level where you allow that through, that little piece of God is capable of manifesting your hopes, your desires, your dreams. Which, but I think the law of attraction misses something in you're not attracting it. You're actually willing it into being. It's not out there waiting for you to say, come over here. You're actually manufacturing it, if you will. And it, it's not you. Well, how? How are you manufacturing it? Uh, I'll give you my best answer. Go ahead. The same way the planet's here. Same way the birds are here and the trees are here. A power higher than you and I thought of it. And then it appeared. And we have no control, no said control over how this happens or doesn't happen. You have all control. We have all control. Your thoughts, your, your inner core being, what is in your heart, you can manifest. You can make manifest, meaning bring it into reality. Everything in the room, everything in the room, the camera, the table, the Verloom, the Nix logo, what it start as? An idea. A thought. Yeah. So you're already agreeing that thoughts become manifest. Oh, I'm just trying to get you to explain this to the good folks out well, there. I, I, I can only tell you my theory. Whether you believe that to be true or whether you want to experience that to be accurate would be up to you. I'm not, I'm, I'm telling you what I believe to be true based on my experience. And I am now living my life based on my experience and counting on that being true. If you're a really dastardly person, the possibility of you using the law of attraction for me is non-existent. If you're a quality person and you're trying to aspire to be as Jesus, Buddha, any of the big uh, spiritual teachers, then I think the universe will get behind trying to give you what you want. There's a lot of bad people making a lot of bread. Point blank period, and that's what's happening out here. Are they happy? I don't know. Money makes people happy. No. Money makes the world go round. Money does not make people happy. That I can assure you. Well, the freedom of the the freedom in which money um, gives people. Okay, then then let me ask a question. Since you're saying money makes people happy, how much? What's the figure at which I would be happy? That's personal, and it varies from person to person. I have no clue what person x's figure is that's going to make that person happy i I don't know but i'm going to tell you there is no amount of money that on its own makes people happy but i use a different description i throw you in a prison i tell you you're not getting out to for 10 years and then i dump into your prison 10 million dollars are you happy 
No. So clearly, money doesn't make you happy. I throw you in a prison. I make you feel loved for the first time in your life. You feel like somebody cares about you. You find something to love, a person who's in the cell next to you, and you love them. And they love you. Are you happy? It's a bad example. Are you happy? (laughs) (laughs) Do you think that success is unique? Meaning, do you think that it's hard to obtain and only certain people can obtain it? Or there's a scarcity mindset that's around success? I think, I think we have the same problem we always have. That What are you talking about? Putting money in the bank? Do I think putting in the money, money in the bank is especially hard? No. Do I think it's easier by scummier techniques for a shorter period than it is by honest techniques? Probably. Do I think that's the issue? How do I make fast money? How do I make fast money? I hit an old lady over the head outside who has a pocketbook and jewelry on. There well, you how, go, so, recipe. So the, the real question would be, how do you attract, right? How do you use funds. your powers for good? Well, how do you attract funds quicker? You do the right thing. You do the next right thing. That's how you do it. That's how you live to spend it. And by the way, when people are out there robbing people, that also tends to hang out with the drugging and the robbing. and the, That's a group thing because of the negative thought involved when you're doing negative things you don't particularly feel good about yourself what do you do when you don't feel good about yourself you medicate so that that's a group thing that's a reason to stay away from the easy money the fast money when i was a kid the penny stock thing was a boom and i had guys who were that was your cryptocurrency yeah that was the cryptocurrency of the day you think that shit's gonna last I think that the government should say it can't, it can't exist. It's not a healthy thing for the society, I wouldn't think. Why? Because it's not taxed. Isn't because that, that's the point. It's a decentralized system. That's the point? Yeah. So these guys who are paying bills with crypto, are they driving on our highways? Are they utilizing our police? Are they going to the hospital for medical care? I'm, I'm going to avoid tax. Tax is not a bad thing. It's a necessary thing. Avoiding it is a bad thing, but everybody's writing it, hey, we're doing it legally. Break that down, though. What do you mean? Because, you know. My taxes pay for the police. Look, my mentor said to me back when I was just starting to make money or make real money, I said, man, I'm paying a lot in tax. He said, every time that your accountant calls you up and says you have to pay a lot in tax, thank God, because it means you're making a lot of money. And that's where we go wrong. We detach from a point we should be grateful. And we say, well, shit, I just made 500000 this year, but I got to give Uncle Sam two forty. That's bullshit. Well, why don't you just take a little walk back in your memory to three years early when you only made sixty? Which one's better? But human beings are predisposed to think, this part of what's happening sucks. Look at the good side. Look at the 240 or 280 that you're taking home and remember back to when you didn't make 20 grand. Taxes are irrelevant. How do you activate the law of attraction? I don't activate the law. I object to your terminology. For sure. No. I I, I, in my opinion, what you're calling the law of attraction, I won't even call it the same thing. I don't think that's fair. I can't, I, I actually have a hard time believing that I talk this way now because I was never a church goer. Yeah. 
But whatever power created the world, there is a piece of that energy inside of you. And it will act the same way as when it created the world. And it will do that with what's most important to you. It is the father of your presence on the planet. And your father, a good father, would deliver to you anything he could to aid you. And this presence in you will act the same way. If you activate it, trust it, and have faith. And if you ask it to. And that's all in all the good spiritual books. That's, it's not a law of attraction. It's allowing that inner voice inside of you to live, have its day on the planet, and manifest its dreams. We're not supposed to fail. Neville Goddard said that your subconscious is God. I have to agree that there is a piece of a human being, that part that you cannot, when the guy dies and you go, where's his thought? I don't know, we can't find his thought, his thought's not here. It goes away, because it's spiritual. It's God. And it goes into somebody else, and it's part of a whole. That's why when you and I have conversations where I say, what is the difference between you and me? The difference between you and me is the essence of you was put into your six foot eight black body and the essence of me was put into my six foot two white body. Other than that, there is none. By the way, we're interchangeable. Your experience of being a black man and growing up a black child is different than what I had, but who you were when you started in that body is no different. You weren't the most disciplined young man <laughs> when you were sprout. Oh, this is true. Right? Yes. How did you change your habits? Through really serious mentoring and a knowledge. Uh, Buddhists say that a man won't walk around with a poisonous snake in his pocket all day. He'll never get addicted to walking around with a poisonous snake because a poisonous snake can kill him. As soon as the light bulb goes on and you realize that snorting cocaine once a week could kill you, and it will end the rest of your days, you will be able to stop that. When you finally realize in your head, when you accept this is the wrong direction that I'm headed, this is a bad thing, like pick up the poisonous snake, am I going to carry it with me? No, I'm going to dispose of it first thing I can because it's dangerous to me. People think the medication of the cocaine is more beneficial than the risk of death or the loss of money or the anything else. When that balance changes, you stop. We always had this conversation, what is success? And you finally define success, yes. right? To you. Yes. But that first step into to understanding you had to create a new habit is great. But that first step into I'm going to go on day one of the rest of my life, that is a battle within yourself that is well, hard to describe. You always were a worker. Oh, I always was a worker. Yeah. Stick-to-itiveness yeah. was probably my strongest. A lot strongest of people don't start. I think the big thing that changed for me that made me able to stick to the straight and narrow, if you will, or to attempt to better myself on a daily basis and have that be important to me was suddenly there was a... Uh, belief in faith and I felt less alone I felt like there was something more to life were you uh addicted to drugs no I was a weekend warrior I was uh, a you know 
I was, I mean, having a scotch was the same as doing a line. But it wasn't an everyday thing. It was never like that. It was never that bad. Because people that would describe themselves addicts, mm-hmm. I think you were addicted to a good time. No, I, I was actually addicted to getting away from the fear that I felt because I was in over my head because I had narrow, narrow leg to stand on. I was so on a shaky foundation. that and You knew this. I know this now. That getting numb was a solution to worrying. I think that's prevalent in our society. I think people do drugs because they're lost. I don't even think particularly people like the drugs they're doing. I think it's just the way not to admit to yourself you're lost. Yeah, but it's hard as hell to get off of them. Yeah. It is hard, man. Yeah, but there are people to help people get off of drugs. But the, the thing that's hard is finding a reason not to go back. For sure. And the reason not to go back, we've discussed it before. I don't think anybody's quitting a heroin habit unless you show them light at the end of the tunnel. Unless there's some form of a life that can be better than getting high on heroin. You got to be willing to see that life, though. I mean, it's... it's you got to be sober enough for a few moments to see that it's better than where you were. That, that's true. But by the way, innately, I don't believe people want to be drug addicts. No, no. Innately, they... My experience is, and I would explain it this way, if you have a really good imagination and if you believe that people should be good to people innately and you don't understand why the world is the way it is, that's a recipe for a drug addict. Take somebody who is idealistic and give them a bunch of hardship and show them that the world sucks and they will choose drugs. I think the world needs a lot more love. I think we need to help the people who are lost or don't have a leg up. Or, I mean, I was lucky as a young man, I was loved. My family was nice. So I didn't get lost early. I got lost midway. To attract what you want in your life, what's the first step? Peanut butter. Peanut butter attracts everything good. Just kidding. Just fucking with it. <laughs> I think the first step in attracting everything good is uh, to realize that that voice in your head that you don't listen to because society says the world is different, start listening to that. The voice that says be kinder, the voice that says don't trust this person, the voice that says I'm in a job that I friggin' hate, listen to it. Listen to it. The other thing that came to me the other day because of your talking is... Uh, Trevor Jackson has to live his life as Trevor Jackson. Scott Soprina can give him advice, but Trevor must temper it to what is true for him, for what he believes. Yeah, my story. So that you can honor it. So that it's not, I'm doing this because Scott said it's the thing to do. Buddhists used to say, here, here's the book on how to be a Buddhist. Try it out. If it doesn't work for you, Abandon that section. If it does work for you, embrace it. That's because everybody's different. Everybody's different. You want to be Bill Gates, there's very little chance you can be Bill Gates because you don't think like Bill Gates and you're not Bill Gates. Could you do what he did? Yes. But then are you going to react like he would have? No. So two weeks from now, after trying to be Bill Gates, will you be him anymore? No, you'll be Trevor Jackson pretending to be Bill Gates. Do you want to pretend to be somebody or do you want to be authentic? And I can tell you now, as screwed up as I may be sometimes, 
I want to be this until I adjust and decide to be different. Evolve. Correct. Can you tell the story about your teacher? I wrote a story with a gentleman who's from Latvia in my class named Ansis Kalnice. Yeah. Ansis, if you're out there, I haven't seen you in quite some time. Seven years old. Got called to the psychiatrist and principal's office because we had an overactive imagination. Let me tell you what, they should have nurtured my imagination. They should not have told me, you can't think of dragons and dungeons and knights and kings and castles. Yeah. Not good, not good. Let me tell you, good, good. So, you know, I wrote the story. We wrote like a 25-page story, seven years old. This thing was forever. Ideas kept coming. And they just wanted to punish us for it. You know, wanted to say, don't do that. You can't be thinking, what's wrong with you? What's going this on at home? This is too grandiose. What's going on at home that you're thinking this way? I don't know. I have complete freedom. I had three older sisters. My parents really aren't watching me. I can do whatever the hell I want. <laughs> Play whatever I want, do whatever I want. It's the imagination is for the people who don't have it, I feel badly. It needs to be kindled. It needs to be fed. Imagination is wonderful. Disney, Disney, there's a real guy. There's a real guy. Walt Disney? No, my man, uh, Stanley. Stanley. That's a guy. Yeah, good imagination. But see him before he died? That's one happy man, man. He lived his dream. He did his thing. And by the way, if, if somebody would have walked up to Stan Lee and said, what are you doing? I'm drawing these figures. Why are you doing that? You're never going to make a living doing that. What the hell are you doing that for? Yeah, I'm sure that happened many times. I'm sure it happened right. most of his life yes. until he got published and whatever. Mm-hmm. And that goes to do the work. I am sure Stan Lee worked at drawing those things, sure. put the effort in. I'm sure to him it was recreation. That's what I'm talking about. Disney, building Disneyland, you're going to tell me that was work? That wasn't work. That was a dream. He was living a damn dream. And then he found people paid him for it. That's, well, that's life. That's living. And today, people wake up and they go, I got to find me a job so I can pay my bills. There. Have you heard that before from people? For sure. Got to find me a job so I can pay my bills. Let me ask you a question. When you run into them a few months later, what usually happens? They're miserable. But they found a job that what? Just paid their bills. What did they ask for? Find a job that pays my bills. They didn't ask for find a job so I can live. Find a job so I could prosper and be incredibly happy and take care of my family with the love and respect I desire. Ask for that. What they asked for was given to them, right? For sure. You know what? I'm stuck. I'm poor. I'm from a bad neighborhood. I'm never going to find a good job. Shazam! You never found a good job. You get what you ask for in your heart, what you believe. That's what you get. I said for 10 years, God, please just let me have enough money to make payroll. And I swear to you, for 10 years every Friday, he gave me just enough to make payroll. When I started to ask for more, I received more. That's, you believe it or not believe it, but I'm telling you. Did you give more? Huh? Did you give more? I always gave. I hated, despised the fact that when I went broke, I went to people who said I love you to me every day in my life before that, if I saw them every day, which wasn't a lot of people, and said, hey, you think 
and they would walk away or shut the door or do that. It was like I had the plague when I went broke. So to me, I've always extended myself, even before I made money. And by the way, that is one of the things that has led me to my abundance. If you sit there and say, I have $20,000 in the bank and my lifelong friend wants to borrow $5,000, that's a quarter of what I got, and I can't give it to him, you are operating from a position of shortage. If you give that to your friend with joy in your heart and hope that he will flourish, you have done the right thing by him and by you. And it will come back. Unless you say, I'm giving this to you, but I know you're never going to pay it back and I'm going to be mad because I'm, I'm, it, it's going to really hurt me. Because then what did you ask for? You asked to get your ass whipped from loaning your friend $5,000. Yeah. If you say, I want you to go, I hope this turns your life around. I am here for you. I'm a big believer that the family, and I'm lucky enough that I'm growing my family to people outside my family, okay? Mm -hmm. The family in my head is on the ship. And the ship goes down when everybody on board can't make it work. You don't let one member of your family go down. That's not what family is. But there is a convenience in this country. I heard from members of my family that, you know, Scott, you created this problem. You're going to have to find your way out of it. It's a lesson. It's a lesson replaces the words, I don't want to help you with my money. That's what it's a lesson means. This is your lesson. When the real lesson is, don't fear helping other people. Help other people. There is a force that will make sure you're okay. You can buy in or not buy in. But I'm telling you, I'm buying in. I bought it. Okay, let's go.